Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. to hear that's what I like to hear for this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it so where were you all week well we did not have a cake in the Monday morning blues or let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day because block talk radio was down and out of commission. However, we started our week with Wow Wednesday. And our girlfriend Vivian gave us our socially conscious segment as we talk about the migrants over on the Creedmoor mental state ground here in New York where the migrants have been given a tenth city. Well, as of Wednesday, they had their first 100 beds filled out of 1,000 beds. Yes, and they actually have an intake uh, room, which is also doubling as a dining area. An 850-bed facility as well as 150 beds. And they have a toilet and shower area. Yes, a portable area to accommodate their needs over there. And, again, this is, you know, a portable tent with four walls and a roof. However, I don't know what it's going to be like when the weather begins to shift. So we'll see. You know, this this can't be permanent housing because there's a thousand cots. They're not bad. So I, I can't even imagine what these people have left over in their countries to come over here and live in makeshift housing. We don't know. We don't know. Over 100,000 migrants in the state of New York alone. 
alone uh, in the United States. So we'll see what's going on and how that story goes on as the people have been petitioning over there all week. So we'll see how long that's going to last. Well, we also talked about the school bus driver shortage in Kentucky and some in Florida, as well as Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. And out in Kentucky, those children were dropped off as late as 10 o'clock at night. Now, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be home waiting for your children to arrive home from school. 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night. Well, there's another shortage going on as the teacher shortage is going on in Missouri and some other states have adopted a four-day a week school schedule. You know, so we don't know how this is going to go. Boy, this school year has gotten started off pretty rough. Well, you would think that this is the first time school is opening. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, we really got to pray for this world because when it gets to the point where you can't even handle just the basics, and these are the basics. These are really the basics. When school opens up in certain states, every single August and in other states every single September and you're opening up the school year for 2023-2024 as though this is the first time you're getting this done. I I just can't figure this thing out. I just can't figure this thing out. I, I don't know, you know, what our children are going to be facing this school year, if we can't even get started off right, you know, whenever you start off wrong, it don't get off to a good start. It the the, the the roll going in and going through gets pretty rough. So, you know, say your prayers, say your prayers for our children because they're the ones who are really suffering, really suffering. At the hands of this negligence. Oh, well, yesterday was Therapeutic Thursday, and we got to talking about me and the due time crew, that is, where, you know, people are sharing some skills that they have invested in or taken the time. You know, sometimes investing your time is a whole lot worse than investing your money, only to find out that it was just a waste of time. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things that came up from our due time proof was, you know, going to school and taking up things like gym. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, taking up courses that you really were never going to use. And, you know, still, still, still been mandating, not only in high school, but in college. 
they're mandating that you take these extra courses, you know, to complete the curriculum. It has nothing to really do with what you're getting your degree in. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what would really be the point, ultimately. You know, we didn't think we would need certain math skills, and we actually do. It actually does come in handy. You know, I'm thinking about the fact that they make you take trigonometry. And how many of us really use trigonometry in life? Not many of us. As a matter of fact, very few of us, you know. Uh, I am a pastor. I am a podcaster. And when I was going to school, I had to pass, you know, certain you know, classes in order to get my diploma. You know, I started going to college and I had to take certain, you know, classes to get a social work degree, such as chemistry. I remember this huge bio- biology book. And I don't know how much that actually helped me. Wow. Well, that's the biggest argument. Why do we have to take these classes? So, you know, one person on this list says, I got a BS, that's a Bachelor of Science, in biochemistry. Then I drove a forklift for 14 years, and now I am an electrician. <laughs> so through all that money they spent in getting that BS in biochemistry, really doesn't uh no, I really didn't pay off. Well here's one that I did not need yesterday. Because when I was a kid, CDs were king. This was also back when a typical C D was like sixteen dollars. I'd mow lawns in my neighborhood for ten dollars each, which was good for about a dozen albums a month. My parents also gave me lunch money for school which I pocketed for another album a week. I sacrificed nutrition and my weekend for the entirety of my middle school and early high school years to build up a massive album collection that was the envy of my musician friends. It was glorious. I thought for sure that this would be the crown jewel of my adulthood and I would pass them on to my kids someday. And then the iPod came out. Wow, it was all pointless. Well, here's the thing. You know, that was something that he decided or she decided that, you know, she would take on and, you know, to pass along to their uh, children, loved ones, you know, you know, but how many other things have you just wasted your time doing? I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's my thing. How, how much time are you wasting right now doing some things that will never amount to anything? Listen, I know some 60-year-old people who are still out here doing some stupid stuff, so whatever you're doing, 
connect with God. Because I promise you, when, oh, you know, whatever you do that God is giving you to do will be very fulfilling and it will really serve a great purpose, not only in your life, but in other people's lives. Now, I'm sure the electrician is making a whole lot of people happy, but, you know, he has a degree in biochemistry. So I don't know. But listen, all jokes aside, follow God. You know, seek God for whatever it is that you're, you know, putting your time into. And I promise you, you won't go wrong. Okay? Okay. Well, today is Freestyle Friday. We made it, y'all, by the grace of God. We are here at the end of the week. So. Ah, oh, what do we have in store for you today? Well, I don't have any clue. But you know, on this new time with Pastor Steph, we can go from east to west, north and south in absolutely no time. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's new time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. I'm Brian Schaefer, Chief of Police in Hastings. Fentanyl and other opioids are here in Hastings. Our police officers, EMTs, and firefighters respond to dozens of overdoses and poisonings a year. You can help. Call 911 in an emergency, including an overdose. As long as you're acting in good faith when seeking medical assistance for another person experiencing a drug-related overdose, you may not be charged or prosecuted under the Minnesota Good Samaritan Law. Use our TIP 411 system to make a confidential report. Text the word HASTINGS and your TIP to 847411. Call United Way's 24-7 helpline by dialing 211 to find resources in and near Hastings. Contact United Way of Hastings for more resources. One pill can kill. Let's work together to stop opioid overdoses and poisonings in our community. Welcome back to a new time with Pastor Steph, and it is Freestyle Friday. Oh, thank God we have made it through the week. It has been a busy week, crazy week, and I give God thanks because we have made it safely. We're in our right frame of mind, and oh. I'm just happy to be able to come through regardless of what we've done, where we've traveled. God has kept us safe. So we're giving God thanks for all that he has done for us. 
And hey, y'all, I got a whole new for you today. And this is an interesting one. Excuse <clears throat> me. Well, we remember salt and pepper, right? Yeah. Who can forget salt and pepper? The first set of female rappers who hail out of Queens, New York, y'all. Well, they say back in the 80s when salt and pepper hit the scene, oh, boy, you know, a lot of people wanted to be salt and pepper. Yep, remember, salt, uh, Cheryl James, pepper, Sandy Denton, and remember, Spinderella, Deirdre Roper, oh, you know, push, push it good, shoot, shoot, daddy, shoot, daddy, oh, yes, you remember, because everybody knows something, Pepper. Well, they said that, well, they say that little did anyone know, including Pepper and Spinderella, or uh, any of the gang that was around them, that Salt was, like, really not with it. No. They say that, you know, let's see. Cinderella was known for being beautiful. Yes. And Peppa was known as the sexy one. But Salt, Cheryl James, was trying to figure out who was she, who am I? Now, unfortunately, this took her down a really dark path and path. And instead of her, you know, doing certain things, she ended up, they say, when she was out with a group of friends, She ate all this food, and after she ate all this food, she felt really guilty about eating all this food, and she decided to go into the bathroom and throw it all up. And unfortunately, that felt bad, but yet felt good, and she said she had this euphoric feeling and feeling real satisfied and relieved afterwards. And that took her on a serious, serious decline. Where this became her habit, she really, really, really began to um, just eat and purge and eat and purge. And her goal was to be 115 pounds. She said it was really bad when she was alone. She said her mind would go to, what can I eat that's sinful? And she said she really began to eat like a lot of pizza, chocolate cake, and then she would go vomit it all out to eliminate how bad she felt. And she said she became a pro at hiding this binge and vomit and nobody knew 
that she was deathly thin. You know, she looked good, but this was not healthy for her at all. And she said she developed a system of how to hide what she was doing. And her group thought nothing. And she then ended up confessing to her husband, who was a music producer at the time. And she said that, you know, he took her to a therapist for an eating disorder. But after one session, she was like, no, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. And she told him that she wanted to deal with it on her own. So she said she got on her knees and cried out to God, I just want to be healed. I just want to be whole. And she started going to church on a regular basis. And she still, you know, she still ended up, because nothing, you know, comes overnight. And she said, um, through her bulimia, she says that, you know, she was stuffing her emotions. So she decided to stop suppressing her feelings. And she said, God really did it for her. You know, she got through this through the Lord. And the Lord was the one who really helped heal her through this process. And she said she did relapse a couple of times, but now, thanks be to God, she feels a lot better. And she does not have the fear that it will come back, this whole binge and purge cycle. And, you know, again, who knew? You know, we always look at these, um, what do you call these stars, if you will, entertainers, and we really think that, you know, they got it all. And in actuality, they're, they're doing a lot of suffering, a lot of suffering. And a lot of stars go through these eating disorders. You know, we look at them and we think that they look good and, you know, they've got everything together. And in actuality, they are doing a lot of suffering because, you know, they're in the public eye. They want to look a certain way. they got to be a certain way. And a lot of them are, you know, going through drugs and mental illness. And, you know, we really don't know the backstories. We really don't know the the hidden, um, you know, lives that these people live, and all we see are the results. We see, you know, all of the fame, all of the fortune. A lot of them are broke, owe a lot of money. Their marriages are a mess. They have a lot of problems with children and family and, you know, Here's one story where she gives the glory to God. And if anybody knows, we, you know, we have heard the story of, you know, Salt saying, you know, God helped her through not just this, 
but a whole lot of stuff. But this was one situation that she definitely kept on the wraps. And giving thanks to God that she is on the other side of it. All right? So that's your who knew for the week. Well, you know how I do on Fridays. We always go down, you know, some craziness in life. And I pulled up an article where people shared their terrible financial decisions. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, I haven't read any of these. But I want you to feel free. You know how we do. Hit me up. Let me know, you know, about some terrible financial decisions that you've made. And, you know, seeing how we can, uh, you know, give God things that we're on the other side of it. You know, and maybe you didn't think of something yet, but as I start reading, maybe something will, you know, jump your memory. Well, some of the worst financial decisions that people are owning up to. Oh, somebody said when I didn't buy Apple stock in the 1980s. Well, I guess if we had an opportunity to buy Apple stock and we didn't, we must be all kicking ourselves because Apple is definitely the big winner over on this side of the fence. They are making their money. Yeah, they are seriously making their money, and they have been for years. Oh, somebody said (laughs) they applied for a $5,000 loan that didn't get accepted quickly enough, so they applied for another $5,000 loan. Well, at the end of the day, they both got accepted, and they ended up gambling it all away. Wow. Oh, somebody said one of the worst financial decisions they ever made was when they bought a TV on Black Friday instead of fixing their leaky roof. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, bad financial decision. A guy in my fraternity got $30,000 for an undisclosed reason, and he bet it all on the Yankees winning one game they lost. Who does that? Oh, dumb. They ran up credit card debt requiring bankruptcy. Once they were able to build credit again seven years later, they proceeded to run up a massive, massive amount of debt again, but they couldn't go bankrupt again, so they used debt consolidation. The debt didn't come from sudden expenses. They just needed to buy things to feel better. Wow. If you've got, you know, some memory of one of the worst financial decisions that you made, send it to me. Send it to me. Ah, a co-worker worked every second of overtime he could for several years to save up for a house. When he applied for the house loan, he based his mortgage payment on all of the overtime he had been working. I tried to tell him that wasn't a good idea, but he didn't want to hear it. He ended up divorced a few years later 
because his wife got tired of him always working. Wow. Wow. A dude who owned a small convenience store in our town spent like $20,000 on fidget spinners. He was posting for like a year begging people to buy them because he was about to lose his business and his marriage was falling apart because of it. Wow. Wow. Oh, another bad financial decision. He put everything in his girlfriend's name to hide his assets because of what he owed the IRS. The girlfriend sold his business, cashed out his accounts, and ran. Wow. Not a good move, huh? My supervisor took out a loan against their 401k to pay their rent because their credit cards were maxed. Two weeks later, they bought a brand new $60,000 Lincoln with basically nothing down because her daughter just had a baby and I needed a bigger car for that. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Mm-mm-mm. My former sister-in-law had a thriving medical practice. She got so stressed that she joined Scientology and started taking their classes. She opened up five or six credit cards without telling my brother, matched the cards out with hundreds of thousands in cash with rolls, and gave it to them. Wow. Wow. Oh, worst financial decision ever. They cashed in their 401k to have a cocaine party. Boy, boy, boy. Someone I know took a loan to order a pizza. Wow. 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 Let's see if I can find one more. Wow. These are like some stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. My brother and his wife were in massive debt, didn't work high-paying jobs, and could no longer afford their two-bedroom apartment while trying to pay off the debt. They moved back home into our parents' basement, A week before they moved in, they built a computer, and a year after that, they consciously decided to try to get pregnant while still living in the basement and without improving their financial state whatsoever. Wow. Well, you know, unfortunately... We all have made some bad financial decisions. Some of us are in debt for dumb reasons. I think the worst thing that you could ever have happened to you is being in debt and you can't see where your money went. I think that's a, the stupidest thing. I I, really, I don't have that problem. Everywhere, if I'm broke, I know where my money went because it's somewhere I can act something I can actually see. You know, and sometimes you know, will you question where you've invested your money? Absolutely, absolutely. 
but I don't have, and I've never, I've never done that. Um, you know, spent money and it's like, hey, did I just blow that? No, you know, I've made some bad financial decisions, but not, you know, stuff like that. I, I think that's one of the worst things you can do is just spend a whole bunch of money. Or I know people who just they have over the years maxed out credit cards, they in all this debt and you can't see a thing and neither can they. So hopefully you know, you don't have that story and, and if you do, you know, you've learned your lesson. I mean, life is about learning lessons and I'm not saying go do super stuff so you can learn but you know, my prayer is that whatever ill decisions we've made, we are not 50 and 60 and 70 years old still making bad decisions. And I say that because I still see people 50, 60, and 70 years old still not having a thing to show for life. It's like, how? How? How have we lived 50 years, half a century? And we have nothing to show financially for life. Nah. I at least have a mink coat or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, what are we talking about today? Hmm. What are we talking about that was in the news? Well, talking about making some youthful errors. There's this Ohio team who's just been convicted of murder, um, murdering her boyfriend and his friend, to be exact. So you have this Mackenzie Sherilla, who was found guilty of four counts of murder this week for the July 2022 crash that killed her boyfriend, Dominic, 20, and his friend, Davion, 19. And again, she's 19 years old. And here's what happened, um, why her story is actually coming up again. Because she has a TikTok video that resurfaced after, you know, she was convicted. Because she boasts about her feelings during the video of her in mortality. So in the video, it shows her saying, I'm not even cool. I'm just one of those girls that can do a lot of drugs and not die. And she like bats her eyes. And that was her TikTok video <clears throat> and that she put out there. They can't tell whether this TikTok video was done before or after the crash, but it's probably before the crash. Because, you know, before things happen, we think we're invincible. You know, nothing can happen to us. Well, they say since then, the video is now private. And what happened was the three of them were smoking weed when she was, you know, back then 17. And she rammed the car that she was driving into a brick wall of a warehouse. And they say with no attempt to hit the brakes. 
and the boyfriend was in the passenger seat, and the friend was riding in the back, and they were both declared dead at the scene. They say security video showed her, they say, acting with purpose and intent by revving her Toyota Camry to triple digits. They say that when she hit that um, that wall, they said she was doing 100. Now, how she didn't end up dead, I don't know. But... Um, they say she smashed into this building at about 6.15 in the morning. This took place. And they say that her mother testified that her daughter had been diagnosed with, now, I ain't never heard this before, postural, also stated, tachycardia syndrome. Now, they say that this disorder caused her to pass out if her sodium and hydration levels are too low, and that could be to blame for the crash. <sighs> okay. Well, check this out. They say that when they found her crash, that her foot, she was passed out, and her foot was still on the gas. So when they found the car, and she was in the car, that she was passed out from the accident, her foot was still on the gas, and the other two were in the car dead already. And now they say that homegirl, has mm, that she's been convicted of four counts of murder, four counts of felonious assault, and two counts of aggravated vehicular homicide, that that carries an automatic sentence of life in prison with no opportunity for parole for 15 years. And she'll be sentenced on Monday. And these kids are just giving away their lives giving away their lives. Mm. Oh, what else are we talking about today? Oh, now, let's talk about this one here. Mm. You know, talking about giving away your life, your life, you know, we've talked on this show many times about just being in abusive relationships. And get out. Whether you're a male, whether you're a female, get out, get out, and get out fast. Oh, again, youth. There's a Utah guy, 18, who's been charged with a first degree felony, a first degree felony, as he's been accused of shooting his 17 year old girlfriend in the leg. On August 6th, after finding out that she ignored his feelings by making plans that did not include him. Now, this is not the first time as they've, you know, um, put this article out. 
you saying that this was, this is normal. This is normal for them that um, she and a friend went out, decided to go out. He found out that she was out, knew where she had gone. And when they got to, when they decided they were leaving and her and a friend were leaving, he caught up with them in the car. And she was sitting in the back seat of the friend's car. He shot her in the leg, and she said all she heard was this ringing in her ear. She didn't realize she had even been shot in the leg. So the friend rushed her to the hospital. She had to go into emergency surgery for a broken femur, and she identified this boyfriend as the assailant, and he was taken into custody, and uh, he wasn't arrested for about another week. So I don't know what the delay was. And she told them that there has been history of abuse between the two of them. And she said she described the relationship as violent and abusive. And she stated that he's very possessive. He treats her like she's his property. And she says that he is physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive towards her. Please get out. If you can tell this story, get out. Get out. Because clearly these people don't care, and they're not trying to change. They're not changing. And, you know, give God thanks that it was a shot in the leg. Could have been a shot in the head. And, you know, these people, they're, they're punks. They'll shoot you, kill you, and then they'll kill themselves. So there's nobody to pay the price. Everybody's dead. Nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to a hospital. Nobody's learning a lesson because you're all dead. Get out. Please get out. Please get out. <sighs> well... For those of us who, are, you know, who think that we are tackling a rat issue here in the United States, you know, they are, you know, um, battling this rat infestation here in New York. You know, they have told us we can't put out garbage, um, garbage, loose garbage before 8 o'clock at night. Make sure we put our garbage in garbage cans if we do. And if we have loose garbage, we can't put that out until later because, you know, the rats will go in buck wild. Well, there's a guy who visited Paris who says nobody told him that Paris was the new Ratatouille. He is on TikTok showing a video of rats all over the place. And when I say all over the place, all over the place, you're not talking, okay, so in New York, they were showing rats and things like that, like near garbage. You know, they would show you video of rats congregating near garbage and things like that. No, not in Paris. 
they are all over. They just walk the streets there. And this stupid idiot, he's actually walking around with a tray of food, uh, namely some fries that he is throwing out in the video to feed them. And they congregate to fight over these fries. But it took no time for them to congregate because it was already a small colony of rats all over the place. So for those of you, they say, who are thinking about visiting Paris, know that that will be your company. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how many people are visiting Paris these days. I would love to visit Paris. And... uh Maybe when they, you know, maybe by the time my money catches up with that trip, maybe by then the streets will be clean. So I'm kind of hanging around. I want to make sure our guys are on so I don't have to keep talking about these same stories over and over again. But here's a story that I do want to talk about because I would love to hear your thoughts on this story. So you have this 10-year-old. And, you know, a lot of times when I talk about these um, different uh, issues, I always ask, you know, does the punishment fit the crime? Well, they had this 10-year-old boy in Mississippi who was arrested and hauled off to jail for public urination. His mom is out of thoughts right now. So she was at an attorney's office. This was Tanya Eason. Was at an attorney's office for some legal advice back on August 10th. And a cop told her that her son, Quantavius, was peeing behind her car. And she said she asked the son, you know, why did you do that? And he told her that the sister who he was sitting in the car with, it doesn't say how old the sister was, but they say that while he was sitting in the car, he mentioned to the sister that he had to go to the bathroom. She told the brother that there were no bathrooms where they were. They don't have a bathroom where the mother was. And he decided to go behind the car and relieve himself. So she said the officer told her that he could get back in the car and he would just give him a warning. But several other cops showed up, including a lieutenant and told her that the boy had to be hauled off to jail. And she says, no, the urinating in the parking lot was not right, but at the same time, I handled it like a parent. And for one officer to tell me, to tell my baby to get back in the car like it was okay and have another I'll pull up and take him to jail. I, you know, she wasn't appreciative of that. 
she took a, 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 a picture of him sitting in the back of the police car. She said that Quantavius said he was scared when the cops swooped in on him. He said, I started crying a little bit. They took me down there and got me out of the truck. I didn't know what was happening. I get scared and I start shaking and thinking I am going to jail. They say he was not handcuffed during the ordeal. And he was held in a cell and later turned over to his mother. He was charged with child in need of services. So she says, that could really traumatize my baby. My baby could get to the point where he won't want to have an encounter with the police, period. Now I'm going to reread this thing here. First of all, I think I'm having a problem with this my baby thing. I understand he's 10, but I keep telling y'all about these, this mama and her son thing. I don't know. That could really traumatize my baby. My baby could get to the point where he won't have, where he won't want to have an encounter with the police, period. <sighs> so they say in a lengthy statement that the police chief cited the state's youth court act which he said allows law enforcement to file referrals against kids as young as seven if they are in need of supervision or 10 if they commit acts that would be illegal for an adult. The need to transport children from a scene depends on a variety of factors and the availability of reasonable alternatives. In this situation, an officer personally witnessed a 10-year-old child committing an act in public that would have been illegal for an adult under these circumstances. <sighs> okay. So before I put my brother Al on, let me give you my commentary. That was really tossed last night when I read this. I'm going to be honest. I was, I was like, you know, was this too severe for a 10-year-old? Um, was this on point? Was this something that could teach him a lesson? Was this overkill? Now, I have to tell you, as I'm rereading this, I've made up my mind. So let's start all over again. She leaves the two kids in the car. Now, again, they don't say how old this sister was. So let me let, let me just work out this scenario. Let's say for argument's sake that the the, uh, the sister was an older sister, and he said he had to go to the bathroom. Oh no no no! Let's go back. The, the sister was an older sister, so you figure leaving him in the car with the older sister was okay because he would have supervision. Well, the supervision led to her telling him there was no bathroom where they were or where the mama was on the inside, and he commenced to go in the back of the car whipping out his stuff, 
and peers. If it were a younger sister, that means that there was a lack of supervision or a sister his age. There was a lack of supervision that led to him going in the back of the car, whipping out his stuff in public, and peeing. So I'd like to say that this was a lack of supervision. If this was an older sister in the car, this was lack of supervision. If this was a younger sister or a sister equivalent to his age, it was a lack of supervision on the mother's part because why are the two kids sitting up in the car and he got a pee? How long were you inside when he had the pee? Okay. So then I started thinking about where was I? It was on Tuesday. I was out and I went to the store. And as I was walking back from the store to where I was, to, you know, to the therapy office, I kept noticing this guy who kept looking around. And I was wondering why he was looking around. Like, what was he getting ready to do? Well, guess what he was getting ready to do? And guess what he did? And let me tell you something. He was not in the corner. It was a row of stores. And in between, there was, in between two stores, there was like a little brick wall. Well, he moved himself up close to this wall, whipped out his stuff, and he began to pee. So I would like to say he must have been maybe about late 20s, early 30s. Guess what he was doing when he was 10? Whipping out his stuff, peeing. And I, and I had not read this article. And I remember, look, I was pissed. I was so mad. And I said, why do I have to be subjected? Why are we subjected? You couldn't find a bathroom. You couldn't go anywhere else. This was, we were walking on the street. He didn't go up in no, he didn't go up. I mean, it, no, 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 no. There was no discretion. I don't care how much he was looking around. Because I couldn't figure out, because I, I, I noticed him looking around before I got to him. So as I was walking past him, he was moving closer to the building. And when I actually walked past him a little is when I noticed that that's what he was doing. And I was so upset because I'm like, this is is such a disgusting movement by men who I just figured he he had no choice. He had to go up against this wall. So let's go back to the 10-year-old. So the 10-year-old whips out his stuff. He pees. The cop sees him. He gives him a warning, tells the mama what happened, gives him a warning, and lets him go back in the car. Another set of cops come by, including a lieutenant who, I guess, cites this particular, you know, thing that the police chief is talking about and says that, you know what, they handled them when they see them doing things that it is that is illegal for an adult to do. So they put him in the back of the car, they take him to the I guess to the precinct, you know, what what's equivalent to our precinct, and they put him in the cell and she says I wanna quote her. 
because I was mad. Because to me, she sounded like an ignorant. Oh, let me get this quote. Let me get this quote. This could really traumatize my baby. My baby could get to the point where he won't have to. Let me read because I keep reading this wrong. My baby could get to the point where we, where he won't want to have an encounter with the police. Period. Isn't that the point? Pretty angry this morning. (laughs) (laughs) 
that pop pop. I need you to take a deep breath. I need you to take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to take a deep breath. <laughs> you top top. You top brother. Please give me yes, the info on this story. What about any other story? I didn't talk all the way till it's eight o'clock. Give me what you think about this story. Well, again, uh, people get upset, but the law is the law. And the thing is, she should have gotten in trouble because you hadn't been leaving them kids in the car. I don't care what you had to do. You should have took them with you and did what you needed to do. So you left your child, again, regardless of the fact of being unsupervised. So you left the child there unsupervised with another minor. Like you said, we don't know how old the sister was, but I'm going to take you left with another minor. And she said, okay, well, you know, you got to pee, go ahead and do it by the car. You know what I'm saying? So you left that to have me, and, then, and you said it right on time, what we always said, the mothers and their boy, and my baby, me, I'm baby nothing. He was old enough to, to take it out and pee. He knew what he was doing, and it's not his fault. It's your fault because you shouldn't have left him, um, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have left him unsupervised. And plus, I'm mad at the fact that his name is Octavia. What is it, Octavia? <laughs> no, thank you, Brother Al. Thank you. <laughs> I'm mad at that. I purposely left that part out. Let me let me give you the I'm name. I'm mad at that. Let me give you the name. Because I was mad, too. I was like, you know what? He's going to stay in trouble with the name Quantavian. You couldn't have figured oh, out how to get him. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> you started off wrong. <laughs> I'm mad at that. I'm mad at that. You know but that, that's clearly her fault. Yeah. yeah, That's your fault on both sides. That's your fault leaving him unsupervised, and that's your fault for giving him that name. <laughs> so she's wrong all the way around. All the way around, she's she wrong. Brother Al, I purposely, because you know, you know, I didn't hit the name. <laughs> In, in the past, you know how to hit some names. I purposely, let, when I read the name last night, I was like, really? Are you, what, what's the nickname behind Quantavius? Because I know, I'm not saying Quantavius every time I got to call your name. I got to have a nickname, and I'm going to be madder at the nickname, Brother Al. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you brought it up and it wasn't me. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Al. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right, Brother Al. Let's see if Pastor KL agrees with you. Let's say good morning. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? Well, prior to laughing with Brother Al, I was quite mad. Now. <laughs> Um, well, first of all, his his, <laughs> nick, his nickname is Q. That's his nickname, Q. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll take that. I got a comment by a listener. I haven't seen what it says exactly, but I got some comments. If you got some comments, hit me up. Let me know how you feel about this thing here. All right, Pastor KL, what do you think about this here? Well, I have, I have kind of a different twist, I guess, because, I, because I'm I'm old. But um, yeah, I, I think the, the mother was wrong. How, huh? 
You I get me? Why? Because you pull it out. <laughs> well, no. Well, listen, I, 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 I'm a diabetic, so I occasionally have to go in a hurry. Got to go. Got to go right now. But um, <laughs> you, you, I guess, are fortunate or unfortunate. You have all girls. But as a young age, and I'm sure Brother Al can attest to this, we, we were taught when you got to go to the bathroom, you know, go to the tree, go behind a car. So this is stuff that, that's in us. It, it has already been embedded in us. So a, as a parent, whether you're the mother or the father, this is what was taught that boys, little boys could do. Little girls couldn't do this, but little boys could do it. So if I'm in a car and mommy and, or daddy's not there, I'm going to what I was taught. I was taught that if I had to go to the bathroom and there was no facility, I can go to the tree or behind the car. That was before it was illegal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I, I guess. That's silent here. That's, that's but, but I mean, that's that, silent. Okay, so are we going to commit? Are we going to commit crime because this is? Gonna be I'm not condoning it. I'm not. No, I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that back in my day, you know what I mean, this is what we were taught. We wasn't going to piss on ourselves or pee on ourselves. I'm sorry. I'm sorry? Back in your day anymore. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, Pastor Steph, to be honest with you, I didn't know that it was illegal now. It could have been illegal then. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I find bathrooms. Like you said, no, back in the day, I will give it to you. It was nothing for, you know, like you said, for girls. We always hated having girls because having girls meant we could not do stuff like that. And you're absolutely right. right. We had cousins and brothers, and what they would do is they would whip you out behind a tree. But you were a little thing. You weren't 10 pulling it out on your own. And I get what you're well, saying. Yeah, you know, you kind of grow up and you think. You know, I, 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 listen, to a point I agree with you, you know, where you, you know, this is what, you know, you were doing. It was, you know, back then um, we couldn't, you know, it, well, there were no laws. There were no rules. This is what you did in case of an emergency. You whipped it out. You put, you, you put him close to the tree, and you shielded him. You didn't tell him, right. okay, you go over there, you walk off and let him do. You shielded him, and you, right. you know, put him in a little inconspicuous area, and that's what you did. However, this has been, Shanti, do me a favor. You look up how long it's been illegal to whip out your stuff and pee in public. Because this has been a minute. This ain't been no yesterday's news. This is not I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm, this has been a minute. I'm not, I'm not up on the current events. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, go try to pull it out now, telling them you're a diabetic, and let's see what happens Listen, with you. I don't know the penis code. Well, you know what? I hope you learned it today. I sure did. You, as, as, as a diabetic, as a diabetic, one of the worst things is I always say, diabetic pee is the worst. Because you ain't got I'm no warning. Tell you. you ain't got That's no right. time. <laughs> you ain't got no nothing. And you better hope you miss mm. I've had to run to private like like a like a like a medical office and I go in saying I'm a diabetic. 
I'm so sorry. I got to go to the bathroom, please. <laughs> right, right. So right. I do I, I sympathize. I do. I do understand and I do sympathize um, how you, you know, how you can get caught out there if you have, you know, you're older or you're diabetic. That's what, actually, that's one of the ways I, my, my, my aunt, if you will, found out that my cousin was a type 1 diabetic because she would always have to go to the bathroom at a moment's notice, and she ended up peeing in the car one day on herself and because you mm-hmm. can't hold it. It's nothing you could do about it. However, mm-hmm. on the flip side, let's talk about some other piece of this here. So you, you left him in the car, Pastor KL. It was supervised or unsupervised. And now you're upset because he's been traumatized. Um, your baby has been traumatized um, at the fact that he's been put, he hasn't been handcuffed, handcuffed, but he's been put in the back of the car. He's been taken and put in a, put in a cell. And um, they, I guess some, they didn't give him no citation um, because that's all they did. And that, this is a practice that they have out in Mississippi um, where from seven years old, certain things they do, they will um, handle, you know, handle you, I guess, to kind of prevent you from getting to be older and committing crimes. If you're, if you're committing a crime um, that an adult would be charged with, they have some type of protocol. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I, I think I think that's great, actually. You know, it's almost like a a, a, a scared straight program. So I think I think that's great. I mean, and and I think two things. One, the young lady should have been instead of fussing and, and complaining, she should have appreciated that. Um, she should also. Uh, maybe got a ticket for leaving the kids in the car in the first place. You know what I'm saying? You know, if, if, if she didn't leave the kids in the car in the first place, they would have been with her. She would have recognized that little Johnny had to go to the bathroom and she could have found a place for him to go to the bathroom. You know, so everything stems on the decisions that she made. You, you know what I mean? For, for every action, there's a reaction. So the action was I left you in the car to take care of my business. The reaction is that though you were gone so long, I got to go to the bathroom. I don't know where you are. And in my mind, I'm taught that if I have to go to the bathroom, this is what I do. So you're mad because I followed your directions from an earlier age, and now it's caught up with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think she, 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 uh, I, like I said, I, I also said the same thing. I think she should have gotten a citation. You, you, you put him in the back of the car. You know not to whip this out. If you didn't know that this was illegal, you know it's illegal now. At 10, you're learning nice and early. And mom needs to be left with the citation. So the trauma should have been left on the mama. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling this. He's, he's traumatized. And, okay, so Brother Al, I'm going to come back to you. The statement of because this is what aggravated my nerve. The statement of, I want to read it, that could really traumatize my baby. 
my baby could get to the point where he won't want to have an encounter with the police, period. Please tell me what you think of that comment. Well, give me a second. I'm outside and I'm using the bathroom. Give me a minute. She's making this it, to me. It sounds like that's what she's gonna train him to do. So, oh, you know, you speak it for him. You don't, you don't know how he feel. You didn't talk to him. You just said, okay, you know what? My child got arrested. He gonna not want to be involved with the police no more this and that. Well, what she should be thinking is that, you know what, this put some fear. Okay, you know what, it was my fault. But this did put some fear in here to let him understand that this is what happens when you break the law. So, as you get older, if you break the law, this, this is what's going to happen. But the next time, the handcuffs going to be on you if, if, if that's the case. So, again, she's just making excuses. Like I said, they should have gave her behind the side tape. They should have handcuffed her for leaving, leaving him in the car. All right. Uh, Pastor KL, you know, what do you think of that comment? Well, the, the, the comment it is a true comment, but I'm going to go back to the first premise. You know, the, the, the boy did this thing because that's what he was taught was okay. He didn't know it was a crime. He didn't know that I would go to jail. So now that you grab me up as a police officer for something that I've already been, I've, I've always done because it seemed to be okay, yeah, I'm traumatized because I didn't know that, that I couldn't pee outside. But, again, this is not the police fault. It's the mother's fault. So, yeah, I, I think the child was traumatized. That's a traumatizing thing. If, if I'm eating chicken and now I'm getting arrested for eating chicken when I've been eating chicken all my life, now I, I'm losing my mind. Why are you arresting me for chicken? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, 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 I think half of it is right, but... You know, most of it is her fault. Yeah. Um, you know, here's my theory. You know, I, I do agree. You know, despite my ranting, I do agree that clearly this is what he was taught. I, I do. I, 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 that does not leave my mind because for him to go in the back of the car, um, this is what you were taught because he knew better just to go out there and whip it in the middle of the sidewalk. So clearly to go to the back right. of the car is what he was told or shown to do. The issue of you being traumatized that you should never want to have an encounter. I'm looking, I'm listening to the wording. You, you, are, you know, you'll, you'll be afraid to have an encounter we all should be afraid to have an account an encounter with the cops. Because if you have an encounter with the cops, that means something's wrong. Whether you did it innocently or whether you did it intentionally, you know, and you knew you were breaking the law. So his encounter and his future fear of having an encounter, I agree hundred percent that that's your fault. Because you know it's illegal as an adult, and you did not equip him to not have to conduct an illegal act. That was your fault. So now you eat it. 
Now you eat it. Now Chanti must be on. She must be asleep. So I'm going to ask one of my other um, behind the scenes, <laughs> behind the scenes detectives to do the homework for me. Find out how long it's been illegal to pee in public. I got a comment by a listener. Let me see what what they said. Okay. I recently heard a disturbance outside my window. I looked out the window to find a man relieving himself on the tree directly outside my house. I live on the middle of the block. Where is the privacy in that? So I'm going to go back to the premise that I don't know it's illegal to whip out my stuff and pee in public. So is it fine to pee against the tree next in my house? I'm lost here. And like I said, the guy I was walking past the other day, he kept moving closer. He, I guess he called himself looking around to see how close people were. And he's looking around, looking to the left, looking to the right, looking to the left, looking to the right, and he's getting closer to the well, I'm just sure. What are you doing over there? And then I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. So you pull yourself up as close as you can to this strip of stores to pull yourself your stuff out in peace. Now I'm going to go back to when my cousins were young, because I don't have any brothers. So my cousins, when they were younger and, you know, there was this emergency um you know, that they had to go to the bathroom, so, you know, they put them to the tree to kind of shield them or whatever. You never grow out of that, Brother Al? You never grow out of that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you, you, you grow out of it. You know, like you said, we were taught that when we was younger. And, you know, and, and, and our parents just said, okay, you know, he's a little baby. He got to use the bathroom. I'll pull him over here and let him, you know, do business. But what I've been noticing, too, is that you got parents now that, you know, at least when we were younger, our parents took us by a tree, took us by kind of car or something like that. I see now where the parents just drop the kids' pants right there and just let them pee right there in the opening. No tree, no nothing. And they look at us, oh, he's just a little baby still. Why are you doing that? You know, and I see that. I'm they, 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 they don't even try to hide in nowhere. Let me see. Pull the pad down, let them pee right there. And I'm like, come on, like, take them out of tree or something. So it is kind of getting out of hand. And, and you know, and again, people got to understand the law of the law. Just because you disagree don't mean it's okay to break it. And like you said, you do grow out of it. Well, you should grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was listening for. Okay, so Pastor KL, you don't know it's, it's a law. But you don't grow out of this thing. I think, okay, I, I, definitely, you definitely should grow out of it. I mean, definitely should grow out of it. Definitely, 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 definitely. So I'll leave it there. You know, for diabetics like me, I might have to bust a corner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but, but, yeah, you grow out of it. You definitely grow out of it. I mean, it, it, it's, I, I don't I don't know. It, 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 it shouldn't be something that, that's natural to you that, okay, now I'm 40, you know what I mean? I got to go to the bathroom, so let me, no, nah, it, it, no. Mm-mm. 
Because because at, at when you're not okay um, medically um, inclined with that kind of stuff, then there's a warning. You know what I mean? Oh, it's coming up to me. I got to use the bathroom. So, you know, sometimes we hold it, but go find a bathroom. Now, as a diabetic, as you spoke earlier, when you got to go to the bathroom, you got to go to the bathroom now. It ain't no warning. You know, but but as a regular person, you know, these folks hold it until until their bladder busts. That's on you. Mm. Okay. All right. Effective. Thank you so much. Uh, my, I know my behind-the-scenes gallery, they have me. Section 16-111, no, I'm sorry, Section 16-118, public urination, effective July 1st, 2004, individuals who receive a criminal court summons of uh, citing a violation of Section 16-118 of the New York City law. So in New York City since 2004, so we're talking 20 years, pretty much, because we're in 24. Wow. And I know it's been, it's, it's, it, I know it's been quite some time since you know since this has been an issue. And I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I can't imagine an adult in his right frame of mind despite what he was shown or taught when he was younger, being comfortable pulling out his private parts in public. I, I, I just, I can't imagine, again, I'm not talking about if you're drinking, I'm not talking about if you're other, you know, otherwise intoxicated or under the influence of anything, but I'm looking at a statement that says, I recently heard a disturbance outside my window. Outside my window? Really? So it's 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 so I don't have privacy on my property or in the vicinity of my home and you ain't got no discretion that you gonna pull it out. Or on somebody's property. To me, I couldn't even imagine that. I couldn't even imagine being, you know, getting to a point where I got to pull it out in public, and it just don't matter to me. Because my thing is, you, you, you it's like that ain't nasty to you. It's I don't, Lord have mercy, help me. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't. In, in my, thank you again for my, um, for my, uh, for my behind the scenes information. There's another story here that's really, really disturbing. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we got some time to talk about this thing here. So it says a Chicago man was sentenced to 11 years behind bars after he was caught on camera sexually assaulting a seven-year-old girl in front of other first graders during a remote learning class in 2020. So here's here's the story. So there's a first grader who was on remote learning back in 2020 when, you know, we were on the screen. So what happened was the teacher, there was some kind of break, 
and the teacher told the class to mute, um, to turn off their cameras. That's what she told. That's what she said. She said the first grade teacher told the students to mute themselves and turn off their cameras during a short break. What ended up happening was the little girl muted herself, but she didn't shut off the camera. And it showed being directed by this, well, he's 21 now, so he was 19 at the time. Um, whoever she was left in the house with, I think it was a cousin, um, to give him oral sex. And other students may have seen it, but the teacher definitely spotted. And, you know, she yelled to the children to hurry up and turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off your camera. She took, she, uh, she went and told the authorities at the school. She told the principal. The principal alerted um, the family as well as the authorities. They went to the house. Um, they said the father went to the house where it occurred and come to find out the little girl told them this is not the first time that she um that she was instructed to do this. And they said that this was someone she had been left in the home with and it had dated back to when she was six years old and the same person had sexually assaulted her. He says, he broke down, I don't know why, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, he broke down in tears as he confessed. And they say that he, the attorney, said that he's been diagnosed with ADD, Tension Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, which impairs his ability to control his impulses. How do you move forward with this person, Brother Al? You know, I, I spoke about this before, and I spoke about it in several discussions, that, you know, when somebody commits these crimes, they're going to always diagnose you, oh, you diagnosed with this and you diagnosed with that. No, he needs to be put away and he needs to get some help. Now, you know, some people are like, well, just throw him in jail. But you know what? He needs help as well because you throw him in jail, he gets out of jail, he hasn't been helped with his problem, and he's still going to commit that crime again. But he definitely needs to be put away and, and get some help for it. You know, I'm so tired of hearing these things. Every time something happens, they come up with all these crazy names. Oh, he been dialogue with such and such, 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 such. Okay, now, if I, if that was my daughter and I beat his behind and hurt him real bad, you're going to say I'm crazy or I'm violent. How about I'm, I was diagnosed with he touched my daughter and I lost it. You know, so <laughs> he definitely needs to be put away, you know, because I'm just so tired. Every time there's something going past that, they got a diagnose for it. This is, well, how about the person's just crazy? How about the person just, you know, he just, something wrong with him. Something got to be wrong with you touch a little girl. We understand that. But there got to be consequences. You know, look at that little girl on, on okay, now she got to grow up. How you think she may be when she grow up? 
You know, so yeah, he need to be put away also with some help. Okay. Pastor KL, how do you move forward as a judge? How do you move forward with this particular case? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, he, he definitely has to be put away. I mean, whether it's a whether it's a mental facility or jail, I mean, he can't continue to live outside amongst the common people because if you can't li- listen, you know that that's like every time my child does something crazy. I can't control it. I'm just going to slap him. I'm just going to, because I can't control it. I'm just going to slap him for no reason. You, you know, I mean, at some point, they, they're going to they're gonna deem me an unfit parent. So at some point, he has to be deemed unfit and can't be around people. You know, if, if, if you have this just impulse, you know, to, 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 to do as you feel, there's a lot of times I want to do as I feel, but I'd be behind bars. So, yeah, I, I, I think we, we have to put him away somewhere. Now, I have a question. We are all above 50 years old here, between the three of us. We are all above 50 years old. Now, we've been hearing about this ADHD, ADHD, yes, for decades now. I have never, ever, ever, heard someone who had ADHD who has impulses like that. You know, normally you hear, and, and I listen, and I'm not saying I've studied it. However, I've never heard, and, and, one, and, and you two can tell me if you've heard. I've always heard when it comes to ADHD that there's an issue with your attention level, um, you know, you might be, um, I've never heard of it as some impulsive issue where you could be out of sorts to this degree. Because here's my, here's my second thought. If this is, a product, or if this is something that can happen with people who have ADHD, then half the pedophiles are probably under the same banner. All these people you got locked up, all these people who are pedophiles, all these people who are rapists, all these people who are thieves, all of these people who are murderers, who have ADHD now have an out? Wouldn't you think, brother Al? Oh yeah, most definitely. You no, know, that's what I was gonna say when you came back around to me because, you know, working with the kids, I do a lot of different trainings, and ADHD is basically that you have a low, a, a, a low uh, attention span. And I said, if that's the case, then I got ADHD because my mind will wander off in a second when I'm reading something or, or doing something. And that's what ADHD is. So that's why I'm sitting here listening to you talking about impulse. So, okay, now you got ADHD and, and, and your impulse of you only do that towards little girls. So if, if that was the case, then you, if you couldn't control yourself, whatever came in your mind, you would do to whoever around. But you only doing it to a little girl. That's, that's crazy. 
that's crazy. ADHD means you got a low attention span, which means if that's the case, I got it too. Well, um, that means that half the world has ADHD. Exactly. I don't know, Pastor Taylor. Have you heard anything in regards to this, you know, impulsive uh, behavior if you had ADHD? Not at all. First of all, listen, if you catch me on a Monday and Thursday when we have a, uh, the, the whole due time crew on here, by the time we got to me, I forgot the question. So I must have ADHD. You know what I mean? When we got everybody on here, by the time y'all got all the way back to Pastor KL, I got to listen carefully because I forgot the question. So, I mean, back in our days, and, and again, you already said that we're all about 50, we didn't, we didn't have these, these, um, these, these alphabets. You know, we, we, we didn't have these alphabet diagnoses. We didn't have that. You know, so I, I just don't understand how all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we have these, these, these things and we run with it. You know, we, we, we buy medicine to put kids to sleep. You know, you know what I mean? How do we, back in the days, they said, listen, go to bed, turn the light off, go to sleep. And then if you cried, guess what? You cried yourself to sleep. We didn't medicate children so that they can go to sleep. I just don't understand how, how we've gotten to this point where, where scientists are making medicine, where, 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 where we're being diagnosed with all this other stuff. This was not heard of. I, I think I said it last week. Our mothers was the doctors because they said, I think you're losing your mind. That was the only diagnosis that we had. That was the only diagnosis that we had. They already recognized that we were losing our mind, and they went forward. We didn't go to the doctor for a second opinion. Our parents knew we were losing our mind. I don't know. <laughs> and as oh, we were losing our mind, they had as we were losing our mind, they had the remedy. It's called a belt or an extension cord or a chair. I was just out, getting out. ready to say the same thing. It was called. Yeah. It was called the mind regulator. That's what. It, that's how it got yeah. in the Bible. The mind regulator. Exactly. <laughs> and then you were told. Then you were. To, then you were told if stop crying or I'll give you something to cry for. Okay? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was the bottom line. You yeah. know. And then, if that's the case, then, it, then yeah. they shouldn't. They shouldn't get mad if Big Bubba got ADHD when he goes see him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so here here's what I'm reading, because I was actually getting ready to say the same thing. You know, when you were younger, I mean, do you remember your parents saying, if you kept laughing, they said, you know what, you acting stupid, you tired, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. For, for having a good time, something was wrong with you for having a good time. <laughs> What what you laughing at? What you laughing at? I don't see nothing funny. You know what? Go to bed. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then when you go to bed, then when you go to bed, then when you go to bed and you still in there laughing, now mom's saying, don't make me come in there, okay? Stop all that laughing and go to bed. Now I can tell you again. (laughs) No one one wanted happy children back then. You couldn't be happy. You can be happy, but it's going to cost you. (laughs) I 
yes. crazy. I remember hearing, you, you know what, you acting stupid. You laughing too much. You tired. Go to bed. And I'm saying, what does that have to do with anything? Because you laughing. You tired. You need to go to bed. And, you know, I, I'm looking here. Um, they're saying that people with ADHD show a persistent pattern of inattention, often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, at work, or with other activities, often has trouble holding attention on tasks or play activities, often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly, often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, etc. often has trouble organizing tasks and activities, often avoids dislikes or reluctant to do tasks, often loses things necessary for tasks or activities, often easily distracted, often forgetful in daily activities. Then it says, hyperactivity and impulsivity for adolescents age 17 years and older and adults. Often physics, this or tap hands or feet, often leaves seat in situations when remaining seated is expected, often runs about or climbs in situations, often unable to play or take part in leisure activities quietly, is often on the go, acting as if driven by a motor, often talks excessively, often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed, often has trouble waiting their turn, often interrupts or intrudes on others. And, you know, I have to say, these are things that have always been associated with this ADHD. Now, I'm not saying that there are not um, different, you know, because there's, there are exceptions to every rule or, you know, there are those. These could be the most common, and I'm not saying that, you know, some other areas of impulsiveness. But my, my fear is if, again, if this is where y'all going with this, then are we to expect, like I said, how many people are sitting behind bars now? How many people are on the, 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 the uh, pedophile list? Um, how many people are rapists and they got ADHD? That's half the world. And it's a scary situation. It's a scary scary situation and how do we know that those who pee in public don't have ADHD that's an impulse you know uh, when you start opening up these these doors then you did everything becomes a product a possibility of being you know underneath that banner and we are in trouble we are in some serious trouble and again you know we talk about these people who have these jobs as these defense attorneys um, who, you know, I'm not saying, like I said, I can't say that this is not the situation, but they'll, they'll, they'll grasp at any straw to get their client off. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you guys one last statement before we call it a day. What you got for us, Brother Al? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> we're definitely in some sad times, you know. Um, they labeling everything. How you know that the lawyer don't have ADHD? <laughs> you, you know, so <laughs> and, and and you know he's a human. How you know he ain't got? No. You know what I'm saying? And and you and the sad thing about it is, okay, if this if this person or child or whoever is diagnosed with this ADHD, they'll watch a behavior. Then that'll get added to the list. I'm sitting here listing all that stuff you're reading off. And you know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow. So now if this kid, if this person have a different behavior that's not on that list, that's going to get added to the list. And and, and it's, 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 they're playing a dangerous game right now. They, they're playing a dangerous game. And like you said, these attorneys going to do whatever it takes to get their client off. So they're going to use these things. And then you're going to have this person who have an issue roaming the streets, hurting our children, hurting other adults. And, and it's, it's really sad right now. That's why. We need Jesus, okay? We 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 need Jesus. Jesus will fix all that ADHD, and, and you know we 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 gonna change it. They got ADHD. I'm gonna go WNJ. We need Jesus. That's what we got. We need Jesus. WNJ. <laughs> oh, thank you, brother Al. What you got for us, Pastor KL? Well, this is what I would say, and and I'm so glad that 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 you um, brought up that list on, on the study because I got ADHD. Because one of the things I know is that I don't have patience to wait on no line, and I know one of the things is like patience. I ain't got patience to wait on line, so so you know maybe I can get a check. You know what I mean? I, I've been working for a long time, and if that's a disability, surely. You know, I, I, I'm in position where I can get a check. But but this is what I would say to people. Stop allowing people, you know, uh, Pastor um, Brother Al just said we need Jesus. Stop allowing people to speak over your children's life. Stop allow, stop stop accepting everything that the doctors say or that the psychologist says. You, you know, go to God. You know, God God can fix any situation that you're in. But but any time you allow people to speak into your life and you accept it, then you give the devil legal ground to come and cause havoc into your household, into your children's life. You know, you got to be able to stand and speak against that. Resist the devil and he shall flee. That, that phrase means that if I stand flat-footed, against the devil, then he has to go the other way. I don't go the other way. Stop la- Death and life lies in the power of the tongue. Stop allowing people to speak damnation into your life, and you accept it, and then you wonder, why? Why am I going through this? Why? Why, why are they talking about me? Because you said that it's okay. You said that this is what they said I have to do, so now you're feeding medicine and you're feeding all this stuff in order for your child to cope. But if the Bible says if you can lay hands and they shall recover. So you need to get the power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power from God. So seek the Holy Oh my God. Seek the Holy Ghost and everything will be all right. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, gentlemen. 
We thank you for your comments and your thoughts today, and we pray you have a wonderful weekend. You as well. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I think it's time for us to hold hands and hold hearts. (laughs) Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, we need to talk to Jesus right about now. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. As you keep the doors of communication open between all of us and you, we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that the doors have never been shut. So we can take the time to come to you and to bring you our concerns, bring you our questions, bring you the issues that we're facing, God, for you to turn this all around. And God, I know the average individual does not believe that we need you. The average individual doesn't believe that. You have the answer to everything. The average individual does not believe that you are the creator. You have the world in the palm of your hand. And I personally give you thanks for that. That the world is not in the world's hands. Giving me thanks to Heavenly Father that there's always an answer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what your word says. That if we come to you first, that if we give it all to you first, that if everything we have belongs to you first, (laughs) that it all be given back to us in its right order, in this perfected state. That includes our children, any possessions, any situation. And I give you thanks for that option. I give you thanks that you have always been there. You are always there and you will always be there, come what may. Thank you, Father. A word of thanks to you today that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you have never left us. That in our worst situation, you're there. And I know that sounds crazy to people who wonder, you know, why would God allow all of this to go on? He's sitting right there. He's watching. We're free agents. And we've clearly told you we don't want you. But we only want you in case of an emergency. Break in case of an emergency. We thank you for all the times that you rescue us and we have no idea that you're even keeping us away from all hurt, harm, and danger. Thank you. Thank you for just being God. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for the words of wisdom that was given the words of advice, 
thank you for the reminder that you're there. Thank you for investing in us just one more time. In the precious name of Jesus, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, <clears throat> I listened to Pastor K.L. say, you know, stop allowing people to speak over your children, over your situations, over your life, over anything and everything. And it's something to think about. It's something to think about. You know, I go back consistently to, we have consistently told God, no, thank you. We say, no, but we don't want you. We don't want to serve you. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to pray. We don't want to give what we have to. We don't want to give our children back to you. But we expect that you should always be there. We expect that you should always rescue us. We expect that you should always put that barricade up between us and harm. And how fair is that? How fair is that? How fair is it that we don't want you until? How fair is it that we're not, there's no, there's no expectation of us, but there's a heavy expectation of you. I think about stuff like that. I think about that all the time, and I think about situations like this. You have, you know, um, the the, the 10-year-old who, you know, she wants to put the fact that the child is traumatized on the fact that the authorities did something that they shouldn't have done that caused her child to be traumatized. And in actuality, had she been on her game he would have been traumatized because whatever he did, she could have been supervising him. You know, not everybody who you leave in charge of your children are worthy, will do the job. So whether she left them with an older sibling and that sibling didn't do its job or you left him with a younger sibling, you didn't do your job. So, you know, what do you expect? What do you expect? You look at this other situation where there's a 17-year-old boy who has been diagnosed with ADHD and says, you know, the lawyer says, hey, you know, his impulsivity um, has caused him to, you know, tell this little girl or force this little girl to, you know, do the things that he told her to do. It might be something that can get them off, but is it true? Is it actually true what you're saying? Is it actually something that is actual, or are you just conjuring up what you need to say to get them out? And that's what Pastor K.L. was talking about, about speaking over your children, speaking over your situation. 
And this is why every day I say go to God. Go to God for yourself. Would they have expected that this young man was doing all of this? Probably not. So then they wouldn't have left him alone with her. However, you know, I remember when we were growing up, you weren't allowed to sit on, you know, laps. You weren't allowed to stand between legs of a man. And people, some people thought that was extreme. Oh, that's just her father. Or that's just grandpa. And this and <laughs> don't set the tone. It might be that. But you know what? No. Because, see, now you got to explain, you know, to the child. Because you can even do it with boys now. You know, before you protected your girls. Now you got to protect everybody. You know, you say, listen, don't, no, nobody sit on no lap. Forget it. Forget dad. Forget grandpa. Forget uncle. Forget everybody. That way I don't have to bother to explain to you that it's okay to sit on grandpa's lap, uncle's lap, dad's lap, but it's not fine to sit on cousin Joe's lap or somebody's best friend or your godfather or whoever this person may be. Cousin, because look at who the, look at who the culprits are. So you know what? We just have to be careful and put everything in the hands of God. You know, just like I said in the prayer, people, you know, oh, you know, everything, God, 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 God. Let me tell you something. At the rate we're going, I need to grasp onto anything and everything about God to help shield me and my loved ones away from this world. If I don't hold on to God, what do I have? I have to trust that the creator of this world has the answers for everything. I can't rely on man. I can't rely on people. I can't rely on your women. You know, uh, you know. a long time ago I said, this is why we need Jesus. But I'll say it again today. This is why we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Because without the protection of God, we're vulnerable. With the protection of God, we're we're vulnerable. Because rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. We we're vulnerable in this world. We are vulnerable at the hands of the enemy, who is the prince of this world, who has a certain level of ability, power, and reign. So we need God. That's why we need God, because if the enemy is the prince of this world, then who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Who is the almighty God? He's got to be over the prince, because there is, if there is no king, there is no prince. King is higher than the prince. So you know what? I thank God for the protection of Jesus. And I give God thanks that I have the option of Jesus. So come on. I encourage you to grab on to the Lord. Look at what we're experiencing now. Do I want my child at the hands of um, the cops? No. I don't want them anywhere near. I always tell my kids, put your seatbelts on, make sure you your lights are working, make sure that, 
you know, everything is intact because you don't want anyone in authority to have to stop you these days because, like I said earlier, anything and everything goes wrong. Stupid stuff. We've seen things for the for the smallest, smallest reasons. Things have gone horribly wrong. So we need to make sure we don't have... We don't attract anything. We don't attract any attention by anyone who could be psychotic wearing a badge or a uniform. So come on. Let's get ourselves together. Let's encourage our children to get themselves together. Let's cover our children properly, protect them. We know the law, and we should know the law. You know, we're... We're letting them know, listen, this is not acceptable. Don't get caught out here slipping and doing stuff that you didn't know because that's the very thing. That's the very thing that could be, you know, the thing that cost you your life. So let's be more vigilant. Let's be more attentive. Let's stay on the right side of the fence. But you see what being on the right side of the fence does. So imagine being on the wrong side of the fence will do. All right? So let's make sure we take care of this thing properly. Give your life to the Lord. Let him dictate and control. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why people don't do it. I don't want to buy dictate. I don't want to buy controlling me. You know what? You always going to have to answer to somebody. Try answering to God first. I guarantee you, this is going to be the best decision that you could ever make. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, Prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, the man, for sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Ah, later is not promised to any of us. Until Monday, God says, where we're shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. I love you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.